In this episode, I sat down with Happy MFR, who has been heavily engaged in the Upland Metaverse community for coming up on two and a half years. Happy and I share a lot of similarities in regards to how, where, and why we are involved in the Web3 space, and also a tendency to at times ride precariously on either side of the flood waves that inevitably roll through the Upland community. So settle in to hear about Happy's journey into the Upland Metaverse and for some insights and outlooks into what's great and what's not so great about it, and also some potential avenues he believes could vastly improve the ecosystem. The future might be very bright indeed if, like Happy MFR, you're willing to take your chances and make the most out of the available opportunities when you paddle out into the Metaverse and beyond. Warning, the information opinions within are solely produced the individuals involved contains content not suitable for anyone. All right, today we've got Happy MFR on board who, now correct me if I'm wrong, Happy, you've been playing for a bit over two years, two and a half years, maybe something like that, Upland? Yeah, yeah, I've been playing for two and a half years. May of 2021 is when I started. Cinco de Mayo of 2021. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the fifth. Uh, so. All right, so um, maybe I've had some good feedback uh, with the the two of these that I've put out there is people like to hear about, um, you know, who's behind the avatar or whatever you want to say like that. So just feel free to share whatever you're happy to share with. Um, so whereabouts are you based in real life? So I live in uh, California. I'm like uh, about 20 miles south of San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah, it is. It's a beautiful area. You know, um, I, I live in actually, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I live in a city that's, it's called San Mateo. It's uh, it's actually a really, really clean part of the Bay Area. We uh, we're not like San Francisco where we've got like the homeless people just kind of uh, running rampant and and kind of a you know it's a sad scene. I I don't know if you've you know been to San Francisco in a long time, but it's uh, it's it's pretty nasty. You got people defecating in the streets and you know kind of just it's a it's a drug mess in a lot of the parts of the city which is i mean it's a beautiful city beautiful area but it's kind of a lot of uh just inequality i i guess is the best way to say it you've got a lot of really rich people and then a lot of really poor people nothing in between yeah well actually my kids were watching a mark roper youtube video uh it was a couple of days ago and it was in san francisco and they were setting up bike cars like they were putting a box it was like a an xbox in a box in the back seat and the speed with which they were getting smashed and grabbed was just out of out of this world i couldn't believe it yeah you know and that, and that's it's legit right like they they're showing you firsthand like nobody cares and nobody's doing anything about it the police don't even care mm. you know uh if it's under a thousand dollars they're not even answering their phone so to speak you know yeah. so it, and and then you've got a lot of stores leaving the area now i think um like Neiman Marcus was one of these huge institutions, like big name clothing brand, and they're gone because they were getting stolen from a lot. I think um, like Whole Foods is leaving. And that blows um, my mind when you see the images of that where they just, you know, 15, 20 people just rush into a store, grab what they can, and just bolt. And yeah. everyone just stands there watching them. I'm like, yeah, wow. yeah, nobody does anything about it. You know, I mean, you're, you're even you can get in trouble for doing something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's mental. So, you know, I couldn't believe that they also showed, like, in certain areas of San Francisco, people just leave their the back door of their – well, the back of their car, they just leave it up. When they park their car, they leave it up so that people can look in there without having to smash the window to see if there's any suitcases in the back or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or people will leave a note that says, you know, there's nothing in here, doors are unlocked, feel free to check. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I got my brother, he just bought a new car uh, the other day, and he actually lives in San Francisco. Mm. And uh, he had really dark tinted windows and they just smashed Ooh. them in just to check. Yeah. And there was nothing in there, you know, but because they couldn't even see, they just smashed them in. 
you know, and I mean, the worst part about that is four or 500 bucks that somebody's got to spend to get their, get their windows replaced. You know, I mean, I was thinking about the other day, I was like, I should open a, a window business in the city because that's just nothing but profit right now, I'm sure. The insurance premiums must be for the roof. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you can get your car stolen. You know, um, I mean, so I have a 1996 Acura that I drive. I'm not like big into cars or anything. Um, and I pay $95 a month for insurance for that. The car is worth $1,200. So I basically pay insurance the value of the car every single year. That's crazy, eh? It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you wonder how they're going to get how you're going to get yourselves out of that situation because, like I said, it's kind of dystopian to to view what's happening from afar. Like where I'm in Australia, and you look at it and you just think, well, how how do you get yourself out of that situation? Well, you know, I mean, it took a long time to get here, so it's going to mm. take a long time to get out of it. That's kind of the way I see it, and a lot of policy changes was what really really need to happen. Um, I think some government changes would probably help. We. San Francisco is one of the most liberal cities in the world. And, you know, there's nothing wrong like with being liberal. And, um, you know, I, I feel like you can't, you don't really want to be too far on either side of things, you know, but it obviously when it goes too far, you know, you're, you, you're seeing what we got. I mean, they let people just, you know, so there's this area of San Francisco is called the Tenderloin. And mm. that is like a no go zone for the police. It is. And basically crime is legal in the tenderloin is kind of the way to put it. It's like the purge. I mean, <laughs> so, you know what? I have no idea what will change it. I'm not a government official, you know, and uh, I, I don't want to act like I have the answers to things, but I, I would think, you know, keep throwing money at the homeless people is maybe not the best way to go about it. Cause you're just promoting that situation. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely tricky. I mean, it's, it's not exactly utopia here either. Like we do have problems with teenagers at night. They walk up and down the streets checking, like they'll check the cars, but they're not smashing windows just to check if there's anything of value in there. So that's, like I said, that's just a different level entirely. So, but you're, you're thankfully you're, you're outside of that kind of that mess you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I live a little further South. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, I, I love living here, but, Eventually, I'd like to get out of the city. Um, I actually have a, a property that me and my soon-to-be wife bought not too long ago, and that's kind of out in the hills in California, in the middle of nowhere, where uh, we can basically just hopefully, if uh, you know, the world all goes to shit, we got a place to, to get to. The trouble would just be getting out of the city, to be honest with you, because it's, it's almost like nothing but bridges to get mm. out of here, and the traffic is already so monstrous monstrous that i mean if it hit and we were here i think we would just you know be screwed yeah but if uh you know if we had some foresight and could get out of here we kind of perfect where we're at oh and are you from that area originally yeah yeah so i actually i grew up in um, a place called lake tahoe which is it's like a little ski resort town in um it's pretty like famous border of, yeah yeah it yeah. is kind of famous um actually it's kind of funny i talked to uh uh dirk at uh an sf meetup last year and when they were talking about getting cars ready to go, he was mentioning Lake Tahoe. And he was like that because you can really only get to Tahoe by driving. Mm. And so he was saying that that might be one of the first cities that they would actually do where you would have to have a vehicle to travel to. Mm. And I mean, uh, you know, that was a year ago. <laughs> so we don't have that yet. 
Um, but I, you know, uh, I mean, kind of getting into Upland, it's, <clears throat> I, I feel like it's such, um, in a way we're so early with the game, yeah. you, you know, that, that it's, I think that's kind of maybe part of where a lot of my frustrations can kind of come from. Mm. Um, because, you know, you kind of, uh, we all want everything now, right? We, we want, we want to see the utility. We want to see the cars driving. We want to see them doing more than just kind of the random number generator and push left and right and boost to, to get them going. And I mean, Hey, you know what? Thank God that we at least have that because mm. before they were basically just glorified block explorers. Yeah, it's well. I actually, um, as I know, I was a bit late in getting this Zoom call out to you. So while the wash and load was finishing up, I was just on Upland General, and they were talking about soon, soon, soon. I'm like, you guys need to get that soon word out of your head, and you need to start using eventually, <laughs> because right, yeah, yeah, because a lot of these things uh, have been kicked about, talked about for yeah years and years now. So, well, right, and I mean you yourself, you know, I, I got to give you a lot of credit. You've uh, you've been extremely patient with with kind of everything um i've just been you know heard from you guys doing the podcast for so long like uh, all the frustrations with your shops that you're trying oh, yeah. to get rolling you know and and i mean i'm sure on their part it's not easy they're they're kind of you know building the the car as we're driving it so to speak right but yeah. you know at the same time you know you're you're kind of left in the dark in a lot of areas especially with those shops right well, as a prime example, we have items that we submitted via the old system for outdoor decor more than eight months ago, maybe even probably now 10 months ago, and I'm just receiving emails now, hey, we're almost ready to go with this. Can you run it through the new system? Well, we try and run it through the new system now, and a lot of the specs and stuff has changed. So DTEX then had to go for one of the items. He had to completely rebuild it. So it was a whole oh, yeah. resubmission process. So, yeah. Yeah, so so a little frustrating for sure, right? You know, but I mean, hey, we we keep playing. It's not like we're we're throwing in the the uh, the sticks just yet and and saying, all right, I'm out. You know, I mean, believe me, there's days where I, I've thought about like, oh, I'm just gonna put everything up for sale at 25 percent mint. I'm done with this, <laughs> and it's like I I could never do that. Like I actually I have a hard time selling properties. Like I and it's not it's not because I. Uh, I suck at the game or anything. It's more or less like I get attached to the properties. And I feel mm -hmm. like that's, you know, I feel like I, I wonder how many people out there are in my situation that are like, Oh, but it, it, this could be worth so much more down the road. I don't want to sell it today for this, you know, a thousand UPX gain or whatever, you know? And, and so when you try to think long-term and it's kind of tough in a property flipping game that is kind of like you, you, the real point of the game is to buy and sell, flip properties left and right. I mean, that's been probably one of your huge keys to success, right? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting that you mentioned Tenderloin before too. Like, that's a good example. When I first came into Upland, of course, I had no clue. I knew San Francisco is San Francisco, but I didn't have a clue about neighborhoods or anything like that. So I just started buying up the cheapest places, you know, a lot of these mints were 2,000, 3,000 upex. So I, I went ham in Tenderloin. I owned three quarters of the Tenderloin at some stage. And, oh, then, really? and then I did some research. Once people started talking about different areas and then, if, you know, you work out that, yeah, it's the, it's the crime capital of the, of the area. I was like, well, that's kind of <laughs> right. cool. But I was never, ever married to any of my properties. So I'll, I'll, I would flip a property, you know, 
without any hesitation if it made some kind of marginal profit. Um, you being kind of from that area or, or, you know, more engaged in that area, is that part of the reason why you're willing to hang on to these properties because, you know, that's a particular good area or anything like that? Or? Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it, and it, I barely even own any San Francisco properties, mm. funny enough, right? Like most of everything I have is in the Bronx. I've never even been to New York. Mm. And so I, for me, that was kind of the thing. I was kind of like, well, you know what? I mean, I, I see these places all the time here. I want to try to go and own something where I've never been. And, and kind of that, that was my idea of the game. Um, But I, I think a lot of it has to do with just like, just being in crypto for a long time, you know, before yeah. I, I came into Upland, um, like I, I've been dabbling in crypto since about 2017 yeah. and, I'm you know, I, yeah, okay. And so, yeah. and that's, that's kind of what brought me into Upland was just kind of being in the crypto market. And I think the Facebook algorithm kind of knew that. Right. And so I kept seeing the, the uh, Upland advertisements on Facebook and it was kind of like right at the height of, I'd say, that was kind of the height of the market in that that May of 2021 going into the the fall was really when we were at the peak of the crypto market. And I I kind of realized, you know, I was like, you know, I'd, I'd been in crypto for a while. I knew that it wasn't going to be going up forever. And so that was pretty much when I was like, well, I kind of want to try to find somewhere to to park some of this crypto so it doesn't lose all this value. Yes, absolutely. Now, I, I knew you come from a crypto background, so I pulled this up just to get your thoughts on that. So, yeah, you're right. You're saying 2021-ish. So, yeah, you're talking – I can't see the bottom. Where is that? Let me move that out for it. So, you're talking, yeah, right at the right at the, right at the peak as or leading up to the peak. Absolutely. Now, right. the reason I, I brought this up, like I've been talking with – with one of the podcasts I do through the week, I always touch on the, you know, the Bitcoin market price and, you know, I discuss that sort of stuff. And I've started to think, well, how much of the, how much of this perceived kind of lag time that we're experiencing in Upland, like before we kicked off, you mentioned there's not much liquidity in the markets and that sort of stuff. How much of that do you think is tied to the fact that we're just in this kind of very stagnant, you know, crypto space at the moment where, we're not sure. Are we gonna? Are we gonna go back down again? Are we? Are we gonna rock it off again? We're just kind of bouncing around in this this kind of no man's land at the moment, and everyone seems to be on kind of tender hooks almost. Yeah, you know, I think I think it is tied together. I actually think like all markets are tied together. If you look at it, the stock market is in a very similar area as yeah. as bitcoin is um i mean a lot of people would like to argue that they're not correlated but you basically got the same players in all these markets right like the the big money that's moving the markets is is kind of i i would say um what what's deciding things and they're they got their hands everywhere um i i don't think they do so much in like uplands right because it just hasn't gotten to that point yet um and and so i would say a lot of it is the fact that yeah you know people just don't have that money like when the, when we were in that run up everybody kind of had some extra money laying around it seemed like right or you had made yeah. the you had made the gains so you were you were able to kind of put the money in other places i mean now i mean look at that drop right like we're down we're still down i mean over 50 percent from from peak to trough yeah and yeah. uh oh. you know oh, go oh, ahead this I was just going to say, I, I think exactly the same way that you do there. Like you, you've just mentioned, like um, 
if the traditional markets are in a good place, well, people have some extra funds and they look, oh, where can I put this? And then a lot of that tends to go to the crypto area. And then if crypto is doing well, the same people think, well, okay, I'm doing well here. Where else can I put it? And that's where it kind of, it's like a two-step process to get to Upland and different metaverse plat- platforms or, you know, NFTs and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, and like right now, I mean, look at our, look at the economies around the world. I mean, people, people have to choose between gas and food in a lot of areas right now, unfortunately, you know, yeah. I mean, right now we're, we're looking here in the Bay area, it's $6 a gallon for gas, U.S. dollars, right? So upland properties are half a gallon of gas. What's the <laughs> conversion, gallons to liters, do you know? Uh, gallons to liters. Oh, man, you know, let me let's see if I could pull it up real quick. 3.7, 3.7. So that's still pretty cheap. I filled up my car yesterday. It's $2 a liter. So we're paying... You know, pr- pretty similar. You know, six, seven, eight dollars a, li- a liter c- comparatively, and that was reasonably cheap. Well, and and so like you uh, in Australia have always kind of had higher gas prices. I I would say right, especially considering you're kind of just this giant island that the whole world is exporting to, in a sense. Yeah, and it's it's weird. I believe we have two major refineries. One's in Brisbane and one's in Melbourne, but the gas prices don't make any sense. Like where I am, the Gold Coast is about an hour south of Brisbane. So you'd think it's close to the refinery. So the prices shouldn't be too bad. But if you go down to um, Bathurst, where my family's from or something like that, the, the prices on fuel can be way cheaper there. And like, how does that make sense? Everything yeah. in Australia is trucked. It's all, it's all vehicle transportation. So, uh. Yeah, no, same here. In California, we have gas refineries right here in like Oakland. Yeah. And there our our gas is probably some of the most expensive in the country now and a lot of the reason for us having the high gas prices is because of all of the environmental taxes that yep. they put on to our gas and there's different additives that we have to have in it to make it more clean burning so to speak yep. right whereas i mean i'm like well what's the difference you know my mom she lives in arizona and they don't have all these taxes whatever and their gas is like half the price of ours yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, looking at the oil chart, they, it looks like we're going to be paying even more coming up in the future. You know, like, uh, yeah. oil, crude oil has been on a tear lately. It, it's kind of shooting up there. So we could be, we can be looking at $7 gallon of gas here in the States before we know it. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I, th- I think we're, we're headed for a similar trajectory here because, you know, the global markets are, they are tied together. Um, it's not too bad for us. I mean, my commute to work is like four minutes drive. So, and my wife works at the same place too. So it's pretty easy for us. But some of the people that I know that, um, you know, they're commuting an hour and a half, every, you know, each oh, way, yeah. three hours a day. I'm like, it's just crazy. Where does it end? Right. And like, how is that worth it? Right. Like between the time that you spend in the car, I mean, how much money are you really saving, you know? between between the distance we have people that do the same thing here they're you know they they live hour and a half outside of the bay area they're commuting here because you know you get more money working here than you would get um you know just a few hours away yeah but but yeah no that makes your day an 11 hour day and an eight hour in the office and three hours in the car you got no time for anything else 
you know, um, I'm, I'm actually pretty lucky. My, my company gives me a company car mm. to drive and a gas card. So I, I really don't have to pay for gas. You know, my, my personal vehicle pretty much sits in my driveway for the whole year and, uh, just collects dust. Nice. So yeah, well, yeah, that's pretty nice, you know, um, but, but it, I think that's, you know, once we, when we're kind of getting back to uh, a planet crypto and whatnot, like that's a big reason why we're where we're at, right? Because people can't afford, they don't have that extra income to spend on little things. And another thing, people need money. So obviously if they've got something just sitting in Upland and, and they got some bills coming up, I mean, Hey, you, you know, you got to pay your bills. You got to eat. You know, you got expenses in life and that's a lot more important to a lot of people than some imaginary properties. And so, you know, if you need the money, you're going to you're going to get it as fast as you can. And unfortunately, in an illiquid market, the only way to do that is to go to the bottom. Right. You got to you got to go all the way to the bottom of the market because that's where the money is. Yep. Like you can't list a, a property for one hundred dollars. And even if it's at mint in one hundred percent mint and expect that to sell in a day. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you kind of dabble in the the crypto stuff that kind of led you into Upland. When you first got into Upland, what was it about it that kind of hooked you? As we say, everyone has their thing where you know they think, "Oh, yeah, this is kind of quirky." Was it the buy sell trade aspect, like did the classic? Did you just play Monopoly as a kid, and you're like, "Oh, this is crypto Monopoly," that sort of stuff, or was there some other aspect to it that kind of got you to stick around? So, you know, it was uh, in the beginning, it was definitely more like it was like Monopoly. Um, and I just like everybody else, you know, uh, I started in Oakland right after Oakland came out. And I think Oakland was pretty much minted out. There was only FSA properties left. And so, you know, I, I bought some FSA properties. Um, and then I, I, I told myself, I'm not going to put more than $10 into this little game. Right. We'll see how this goes. Um, and I, I put in the 10 bucks cause I, at first I was like, okay, I'm not going to put any money in. Yep. And I tried playing the, the free to play way. And I was like, well, no, 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 no. This is just too boring. I'm not gonna, you know, like for me, um, and I'm not knocking anybody, but going around asking for people to visit, I felt like I was like panhandling, like, can I, can I get a quarter, yeah. you know? And I, I just didn't want to do that. So I threw the 10 bucks in and, and started playing. And, uh, you know, I found out pretty quick that I had pretty much bought the wrong properties you know way overpaid for everything because i hadn't found any of the the data hubs yet um you know and then uh i i pretty much stopped playing i think for you know i i put in the the initial 10 bucks and then i didn't log in for a couple of weeks mm. <laughs> and um and and then uh I, I pretty much sold all my crypto and i was sitting there and i was going well where what should i do and i remember being like well you know you can earn these you got earnings on these little properties so they're at least going to give you something and the market seems stable for the most part right i mean we all know that ain't the truth now but back then it was it did seem a lot more stable and and in, in a big way it still is it's like my i still have all the properties that i have it's not you know you don't have to sell them at that low price just because right it's just like with bitcoin like if you own bitcoin you still have the same amount of Bitcoin you have. You, the price is just lower, right? Yeah. And if you yeah. if you wait around, it's eventually going to go back up. Um, so I more than anything, I was like, well, at least this pays a little interest, and uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll check on this Discord thing. 
And so I, I kind of got into Discord and started, um, you know, just kind of chatting around with different people. And I eventually met uh, Octavius. Do you remember mm. Octavius? Absolutely. He's somebody who yeah. came in and went big. Yeah. 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 You know, and he was all about the swapping. And that was pretty much what really started hooking me was when I when I learned that you could swap these property collections and and basically just earn free money. Right. Like and, and it wasn't exactly like it sounds like that's as easy as it was. But, you know, it was uh, the way I started looking at it, too, was it was like an experiment in in human behavior because yep. you had to really trust the person that was on the other end of that swap. <laughs> um, and you, you had to do your own research. You had to make sure that this person wasn't multi-accounting. There's a lot of different things you had to do, you know, being part of the Discord servers. Um, I know like Desk Jack and uh, Cafe Morgador, they were huge moderators and people that helped people that lost properties or had their properties stolen. And, you know, it just, it, it was, it was like exciting for me and, and meeting new people all the time and being like, oh, hey, you know, you want to, you guys want to swap or whatever. And, and you kind of, you know, when you would go through the process, I mean, you typically got to know people because, you know, I mean, if you had a lot of properties to swap, you could be swapping hour two hours, sometimes even more yep. with, with different people, you know? And, and so I just, that was when Upland has had its hooks in me. And that was when I just kind of was like, all right, I got, I got, you know, a little over 12 grand. I'm just going to throw it in. And I just started buying collections like crazy, you know, which now I'm looking at it. I'm like, God, was that a good idea? Um, you know, cause it, it almost feels like collections are so last place in the game anymore when you compare it to anything else, you know, cause who wants to buy a rare property that's marked up a thousand percent. It's not going to give a good yield when you have property selling for 40% mint right that are going to give you a way bigger yield so the the appeal is gone whereas before at least they had utility like the the collections that was crazy to me was that you know a lot of people didn't realize that swapping was huge utility yep. in the game you know um i know there was a lot of about it that was like greasy right or you almost felt like you were you were stealing in a sense you know it was such a gray area i felt um, I mean, what do you think? Were you were you much into swapping? I was. We were seeking. This is going way back. So we were seeking clarification on the terms of service as it related to collection swapping, and we were never given a straight answer. We 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 were pretty much told it's a grey area. Um, if you are going to do something like that, do so at your own risk. So I took that on board very early on, and I was heavily heavily involved in swapping. Um, Go and have a look at my Wall Street properties. Have a look at the transaction history on them. It's just <laughs> monumental. Every man and his dogs had his hands all over those ones. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I was heavily involved. And exactly like you said, um, some of the people that I still know really well in the community now, it it stemmed from reaching out and getting involved in swapping. And I'd, I'd sit down on a Saturday, like you say, and sit there for two, three hours and run through, um, run through 10, 12, 20 collections with these people so yeah i was heavily involved in that early on i probably i probably got out just as that whole octavian thing was starting to to kind of take off um because the community had the community had um increased to such a point where i was like okay i'm starting to do swaps and i'm not feeling comfortable that this is going to go the way 
I, I think I might. So it kind of the risk reward for me kind of ballooned too far. So I kind of pulled away from it. But yeah, I was doing collection swaps back when if you were doing collection swaps, there was there's many well-known names in the community said, oh, Ben 68's a complete prick because he's, like you said, stealing from the game, blah, blah, blah. It's, <laughs> it's despicable what you're doing. But meanwhile, go and have a look at their blockchain history. They were doing the exact same thing. They just weren't being open and honest about it. So, yeah, no, right. I was he- heavily involved. Yep. And, you know, and like I said, it was a, uh, it was, it was a experiment, you know, for me in, in human behavior. Yep. And um, like, I, I consider myself a pretty good judge of character. And so it was, it was always fun, you know, just when somebody would ask kind of like, okay, let's, let's check the blockchain. So you could go into UPX land, see their transactions, see if they'd swap with other people, yep. um, you know, and, and, and then you kind of from there, you know, I, I would get a really good sense of, oh, okay, you know, I can trust this guy. And there would be like new players. And that was where I really found the bread and butter, right? Was, was I, when, when you found a new guy who had none of the collections yep. um, filled that you had. And so you were like, okay, bam, you know, okay, this is a good guy too. We'll run through, make 200,000 UPX yep, off, for of, a couple of, off of this, you know, right? And so... I mean, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I ended up meeting a guy from Brazil who uh, he he pretty much sold out of the game at this point. But he put 10 bucks in and through basically swaps, he uh, I he swapped with me. And then he was everybody kind of trusted him after that because they saw, you know, his chip stack, you know, yeah. when they used to have the big chip stack and they'd see, oh, he has a lot of red and yellow. So he's obviously a trustable player. And so from there, he reached out to me and he was like, hey, man, I've got a way where we can basically swap with new players. They'll come in and we can run through your whole entire list of swaps. And, you know, they're going to make a bunch of money. You're going to make a bunch of money. He organized it. So he was basically doing all the security checks. And he was kind of like the first one that would teach him how to swap, do everything. And then he'd pass them on to me. And then they would go on to a couple other people that, you know, so at the end of it, these guys would walk away with like three, 400,000 upics mm-hmm. to start the game. And, you know, I think that was, you know, and when you look back on it, it's like, was that necessarily a good thing? You know, cause that's a lot of free money almost being injected into the economy and, and inflating things, you know? Um, but at the same time, I felt really good about it because you're talking about people from Brazil who it's their their money is basically worth less than Upix in yeah. a sense, right? So that they 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 were stoked because I mean, man, for them to make a hundred three hundred dollars in a day, that was what they were making in a whole month, yeah. Right. So it it was really really cool because I felt like I was actually helping somebody. You want to talk about perpetual good in the metaverse? You know, like that was it right there. It was it was first world directly helping third world so to speak right and and it was a it was a great symbiotic relationship i needed them they needed me they would send their friends to me you know i would help them with the game moving forward and that the crazy thing is is everybody wants to say that you know when people were swapping um everybody was just dumping what they were what what they would get but the truth of it is is i mean we had cities selling out like that because everybody had the upics right and and, uh, you know, people weren't running for the door. I mean, you didn't want to sell your collections because they were making you money, you know. And and I mean, if you look at a lot of the guys who are the main swappers, they still have giant accounts and they haven't been 
dumping, you know, it's, it, and so for me, it was kind of like when Upland decided to change the rules and, and, um, you know, stop swapping, it was like, if you look at the chart, I mean, that it's almost like that month that chart swap stop. I mean, we just nosedive, yeah. you know, people were bailing, nobody wanted to play anymore because people thought, you know, you just took away all the utility that we had yeah. and, and what did they give us in return? Like, Legits, baby. Legits. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like, and I mean, <clears throat> you know, and um, like I, 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 I got to say, like the nodes is definitely one of the things I think that is in a sense like swapping just because you get that community sense to it, you know, but I, I hate to say it like from what I see with nodes is unless you're getting in early and you're one of these the people who start in the node, I mean, you're screwed. You come in and you're buying a property, you know, right now, what, Century City is like 100K to get into, right? So you go buy a 100K property. Now you're a bag holder because you're you're going to be waiting a while before somebody is going to pay more than that to be in the community. And you're also telling me that for me to join your community, I got to spend 100 bucks or 100,000 upings, <clears throat> right? So it just, it, at a point, I feel like nodes can be kind of pump and dumpish. Right. Like because the people who get in early kind of, you know, not to say everybody does, but a lot of people out there have done kind of pump and dumps with them. You know, well, um, I'll um, I'll just put a sticky note on that, because I think that's a very important conversation to dive into, especially because I know you have famously been kind of anti node, shall we say somewhat. Um, I just like to kind of go back to the collection swapping thing a little bit to wrap that up now. I, th I think you're dead right. Like once they put the kibosh on that, once they put those extra requirements in the holding periods, it kind of killed all of that. And we did see a lot of free liquidity disappear. But I think um, to play devil's advocate, I think they were caught in between a rock and a hard place because after that Octavian push, um, we did see a lot of scammers creep in. And then that's when people started to lose property. Did you end up getting stung or did you manage to walk away? So I had one uh, property collection, one collection stolen, and it was like a purple collection, and oh. I actually got it back. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, um, and I, like I said, like I did my, I did my research on people, and I, I would make it kind of safe. I mean, you know, we still have scammers in the game. Um, maybe not as blatant as it used to be. It's a lot harder to scam yep. now. Like, you know, because you're not, you can't just steal somebody's properties anymore. But there's plenty of like treasure hunter scammers. Yep. And, you know, and I mean, maybe, well, I, I think it is a little more cleaned up, though, you know, and I think one of the things that maybe kind of also brought a lot of the, uh, like, user base down was that Upland did crack down a lot on multi-accounting, right? And so, you, of course, you're going to lose a huge user base when you're getting rid of fake accounts, because yep. those were actually showing as as legitimate accounts, you know, and so at 125K... I mean, more than likely, you could say, what, 50% of those were were multis? Probably you know? at least, yeah. Right, you know, and so, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. And we're still even higher, uh, a higher uh, user base than any of the other metaverses out there. Oh, right by, by multitudes and multitudes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but and so, you know, but I but I agree. You know, it, it did, uh, it, it, it brought a bad element with it, you know, because there was... And it gave people more of a reason to multi-account as well, you know? And so there's, there's like a lot of good and bad. I, what I think Upland could have done was embrace swapping 
And they, they could have been like, okay, you know what? If you want to swap properties, no problem, but you've got to become a director first. So you've actually had to get up to that 1 million net worth, you know, basically a thousand and you got to be KYC. Yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. Right. Like had they have done that, maybe taken a few different steps than what they did. I think they could have made it a lot more legitimate, gotten rid of the bad actors, um, created more demand where, Hey, you've actually got to put more money into this game. If you want to get to that level to become, to be able to swap properties, like, like no player could even swap properties up until they're a director. You know what I mean? Like, even if you wanted to just do a swap, and I think that would put a big kibosh on multi-accounting because right now that's why that's one of the things that multi-accounters use is, is just property swaps to, uh, you know, basically transfer their, their funds back and forth. Yeah. And we've, we've seen that now switch over to treasure hunting. Like you said, I, I think there's still, what are we, we're about 50,000 unique active wallets for the week. I would, I would have a guess that probably at least 20% of that, like just pulling a figure out of my ass, of course, at least 20% of that would still be multis. And it's now a lot of it is tied to multi-accounting the, the treasure hunting. So, and the, and not just the treasure hunting, also the, um, the registration for all of these sales. Like if they're having a car sale or these totem sales, these high value events, you just know that they're just being filled with multi-accounts. So, oh, right. You know, because yeah. it's like you can just go and, and have 10 different emails that create your accounts. And all yeah. you got to do is click on the register button, check those 10 emails in the morning. And more than likely, you're going to get one of the good spots. You know, yeah. I mean, it, and and I, I it's got to be tough um, from Uplands in to try to prevent everything, because, you know, I mean, just the crypto world itself is is just blatantly full of scammers. Yep. You know, it's it's just like a scammer paradise. I mean, it's always blown my mind when I first got into crypto and I even still kind of see them today as those uh, the YouTube videos that they used to have that would be like Brad Garlinghouse. And yep. it would be like, send me 10,000 XRP and I'll send you 20,000. And yeah. I'm like, who was that fucking stupid? Man? Plenty of people <laughs> you know, but, did. But a lot of people were right. Yeah, yep. man. I mean. And, and so it just, it kind of unfortunately goes hand in hand in the crypto world. You're going to have scammers and there's going to be people trying to game the system. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of players out there that would even say like the property snipers are, are essentially like scammers, you know, and, and then, and not necessarily like what I see with the property snipers is they've just figured out a better way to game the system, you know, and more power to them is like, is the way I see it. Um, Like a freaky man, he's like one of the biggest snipers out there. He's, he's one of my best friends yep. in the game. And, uh, you know, he, he cracks me up cause he's like, yeah, man, you wouldn't believe how many of the people are multi-accounters that I actually sniped the properties from. And then they come to me crying about, Oh, Hey, you know, I didn't mean to list that. I was trying to give it to this guy. And he's like, tough luck. You know, I'm not letting you, I'm not going to help you scan, you know, game the system. And so, you know, um, and I, I don't know, we kind of go on forever. I was almost just jumping to a different topic going to the snipers but uh no it's, it's all it's all related i think um yeah i did you ever get involved in icos and that back in 2017 2018 you know a little bit um i because it was i kind of came in like at the tail end of everything though like i had yeah. the, the bad timing of coming in um like right at january 2017 <laughs> 
So I I wasn't getting those like 500x gains that some of them were getting, but they were so scammy, right? Like most people lost money in in those ICOs. Um, I remember there was this one, I think it was called Skycoin, and it was supposed to be like the new internet or something like that. And and I was like all about it. I was like, oh, God, yeah, this is it right here. You know, Bitcoin, they got nothing on this. And I mean, that I don't know if that like the chain still exists, but it's not traded anymore. You can't yeah. find it on any like trading view or anything like that. And I mean, they went from like point oh oh five cents all the way up to like 50 bucks, I think. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, boom, just tanked all the way back down. Yeah, I was heavily involved in a lot of those and I did really well in a lot of projects that are still around because I. I would just get my margin and I'd I'd get out and move on to the next project. But I famously, you know, it was one of those things like if I buy this one and I flip it for two X, if I do that five times, well, we retire and you get to the third, you get to, I got to the third stage and it was one called um, not you trust. Oh, I forget what it was called. You trust is one that's uplands involved in that. I was in the ICO for, but there was another one there and I put 12 Ethereum into it. And I'm like, this is the big one. This, this is the one that's going to take us to that next level. And yeah, it was the classic turned out to be nothing one. But the, re- the reason I bring that up was because for all of those projects, you had to go through this laborious KYC process where you had to like take a photo of yourself holding your passport and you had to have a note written. My name, such and such. It was, it was a really, the, the KY process was, KYC process was just hilarious what we had to go through to even get involved in those. Um, the KYC process for Upland is pretty straightforward. I mean, if, if you're somebody from some of these developing countries, it might be a bit of a hassle to have the right ID or whatever. But um, I, I, th- I think it's a catch-22 sort of situation where, like, a lot of the multi-accounters, the scammers, whatever you want to call it, they tend to come from those kind of areas because, as you mentioned, making $100 or whatever on the side as a side project is a massive carrot where, you know, I'm not going to sit there and create 50 bloody emails and register 50 times and do 380 captures to potentially get a totem and then I can sell it for a few dollars. But if you're in a different part of the world where that's going to make a huge difference to being able to feed your family for a month, you know, so I, I, yeah. I would love to see Upland take more advantage of that KYC process to make it. If, if you want to register things, you got to be KYC. If you want to do competitive treasure hunts, you got to be KYC. Oh yeah. I a hundred percent agree, you know, cause it, and like you said, it's such an easy process, um, you know, to, to, you go into the settings and you basically just hit, you know, know your customer or what does it say? Like, uh, prove my identity or something like that that, in there. Yeah. And and so, I mean, but it's, it is really easy, you know, especially for somebody in the States. I mean, for me, that was, it was, you know, I hooked up my PayPal account and I was KYC verified. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think I even had to put my, my driver's license up or anything like that. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, I mean, let me ask, you know, being in Australia, how is the USD, is that kind of a pain in the butt for you since there's like, because you can't do crypto on chain with, with Upland, right? Um, you, you have to go OTC. No, all, all of the funds, any significant purchase that I've made in Upland has been via crypto in. Like I haven't put any... The Australian dollars that I've put in has been, you know, $10 here, maybe $100 in the early days, $100 here. 
Um, but yeah, you get smashed with the conversion rate. Um, I think uh, you mentioned a thing too early on when we were talking about how um, you put say twelve grand in and and buying collections famously. But imagine if you had have been able to fast forward to now with that same twelve grand, if you were buying up that under mint market, like if if you spent twelve grand buying up thirty percent, you know, markup properties, how much more your dividend rate would be and that sort of things. But you can only play with what you have at the time you have to play with, like, you know. Oh, right. You know, and I, yeah. I think that's one of the things that I get kind of bitter about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I'd rather be buying now than back yeah. then when I was, because I paid, I way overpaid for a lot of these collections. I mean, yeah. I'll say this, you know, um, like, nobody feel bad for me because I made plenty of money uh like or or upx you know yep. like um i mean i put in 12 grand i've pulled out 12 grand so i've gotten all of my money back out of the game and, and i still have still 40 something million i had a look before yeah, Four, yeah, yeah a little 40 over, million a little over 40 million you yeah. know with 1100 properties or so and you know all kinds of legits and um block explorers and you know it's it's so i i'm not going to say that i did bad you know, yep. and I, I actually, um, I, I love Upland. You know, I think sometimes I just get, uh, I just get frustrated with it. You know, because I've been playing for two and a half years, and sometimes my own expectations are, are what I'm upset with, right? Because I thought Upland would be somewhere else than it is now, and that's not Upland's fault if they're not meeting my expectations. Like, who the hell yeah. am I, right? You know, yeah. I think, um fellow Australian Lily Field who's one of the moderators and she's always in like the Upland Cafe she's really good at keeping that perspective you know there's been a few times there where she said a few things that made me think yeah you, you're right it's you know we, we can't know what they know but yeah it's, it's definitely frustrating um, to go back to your point about the USD yeah it's 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 one of those things where it doesn't seem to matter when Anybody starts in this thing, they always feel like they're late. Even I felt when I started in January 2020 or whenever it was, I felt I was late because you look yeah. around and there's people with their accounts with 5 million UPEX and I just couldn't fathom it. But the opportunities that players have now to come in and to the, the market as it is, it's, that's like a massive opportunity. Um, it's something that I can't take advantage of really because I just don't mess with USD in um, because you, I just get ripped on the conversion rates and the right. extra fees and that sort of stuff. So um, I can I can buy – I've been around long enough that my dividend rate is pretty good, so I do a fair bit of USD out because you, you're mentioning before like um, different places having like multiple streams of income. Well, as far as like the in-real-life in real economy has gone, I got to a point probably six months ago where I was like, I need to probably start thinking about taking on a second job, like working on a Saturday or something, because the bills were just piling up and piling up. So, you know, I could do Uber, Uber Eats or something like that, or I could just finally bite the bullet and start playing around with USD out within this online virtual world that I've been playing around with as a game right. for so many years. So that was a bit of a game changer for me personally. So, yeah, I do play with USD, but only as an, an outlet. Okay. And, yeah. and so, I mean, like, uh, yeah, because like you're saying, is it, even at the, like, mint prices, the conversion rates just almost don't add up, or is it just that it costs you exponentially more to, to put the money into the game? Yeah, it's that. 
like um I, I put a video out maybe two weeks ago where it was that first totem sale where I had I had a USD balance in my Tilia account in Upland. So I wanted to buy for USD, but I did it on the mobile app and it's like, oh, you can't do this on mobile. I was like, duh. So I quickly pulled it up on the the mobile version, but on the Safari on iOS. And it's like, oh, you've you've reset your timer. So that kind of screwed me over there because if I was to buy that totem, what, what were they, $55? Straight yeah. away, straight away it's showing $80 or whatever the conversion, 80 Australian dollars. So I'm thinking, well, right. shit, that's that's going to feed the kids for two, three days. I'm going to buy this thing. <laughs> and then that doesn't include the – there's um, a credit card fee. There's an international conversion fee. So you're probably talking more like $85, $87 by the time it's all said and done. So Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's – Did it's you end up much. getting one? No. Oh, well, I didn't get one then because I, I timed myself out. So I ended up um, – D-Tech hooked me up with one that he got on the secondary. So, yeah, I did, I did manage to get one. Right, but nice. I've, I've been looking at the secondary market uh, rates for those at the moment because I would like to pick up two or three because uh, I did get – I got a pretty good dragonfly. But, you know, I'm, I'm a somewhat of a collector. I'd like to have a palm tree or whatever it is. But the prices are astronomical. If if he can do USD, it's pretty good. It's eighty ninety dollars, which is not too bad. But if you're talking upex, it's hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand, like three four x. Oh, yeah. I'm like, nah, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, and and I mean that's just how it kind of is in Upland, right? The shiny new toy is what's going to be kind of selling for the the highest price or the biggest markup. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's really been kind of annoying me is, you know, because it it just it starts feeling like Upland is just going to keep giving us more and more stuff, right? Like I'm to the point to where I'm like, so, you know, I was happy with really good, you know, just a little bit, really good pizza. And now I feel like you're trying to feed me a whole load of shitty pizza and, you know, and, and just, I'm supposed to be happy with it. Right. Like it's starting to feel, you know, you got legits, you've got um, cars, you've got, uh, I mean, properties, legits, cars, and then there's all kinds of different legits as well. And now we have totems that are coming in and the totems are coming in before we can even fully utilize the cars. Yeah, that's it's hype cycles, isn't it? It's hype cycles. Um, you and I have probably been around long enough where we're a bit immune to that. And we're like, wait a minute, you're selling all this stuff, but it's based on future utility. Meanwhile, we've been waiting two, three years for this other stuff that's supposed to have utility. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, what I personally, my own personal feelings is I, I don't like the aspect of, like, it, it's all well and good for Upland to have these massive partnerships. We've, we've got a partnership with the NFLPA. We've got a partnership with FIFA. We've got a partnership with Stock Car Racing or whatever the hell it is. But there's never any there's never any push from the other side of the partnerships. Like you try and go and search for FIFA articles about Upland that come from FIFA. There, there was nothing, even at the height of the World Cup, there was nothing. There, there wasn't even a banner on their website. So right. when that's missing, all you're doing is hyping up something and selling it to the existing Upland community. So it's just the same players buying the same things over and over, buying, selling, trading amongst us. We desperately need an influx of, you know, fresh blood. And I think that's 
aside from it coming from, you know, say crypto takes off again, then eventually Upland will follow suit and you will get new people bleed in. But that's, as we've seen, like we've both been around in the crypto space since 2017. We know that's what goes up is going to come down. And that's just a massive hype thing. We need something that's more substantial than that. We need, as is the classic case with Upland, why is Upland continued to do well despite um, all of the other, you know, Web3 Metaverse projects tanking? Well, it's because Upland at its core has a very um, well-established community. No, that that's the big difference. So how you you're not going to get a community built on hype. Well, no, no, and and you know, I mean, that's I think that's one thing that I like. I said it's just been kind of bugging me that it's like we're just moving through hype cycle, hype cycle yeah. after hype cycle, and you know, you're going to get this down the road. And and I mean, we we haven't we can't even use these totems yet. And and not only that, once we can use them, there's going to be a whole beta phase them first where you're getting the protein before it actually becomes stim yeah. and i'm like and now we got people that are selling them for more than anybody will probably get for them down the road right because after all 5500 become released and everybody finds out oh i don't want to play with the tamagotchi they're going to be selling for 30 bucks a pop i mean yeah. like yeah. you know and i i could be completely wrong right like like i i hope i'm i'm completely wrong but from everything I've kind of experienced the last two and a half years, that's how everything else has ended up. I mean, we yep. we have Series S1 cars that are selling under mint price, right? These S1Rs, one of 10, there's only 50 released a year, and people don't value, don't think they're worth over, you know, 500 bucks even. That's that's the last yeah. thing that I FOMO'd on. When, when I was on holidays in Japan recently, I was like, look, if I don't get one of these S1Rs soon, the price is going to be that far out of my reach. So I I did, um, it was a lot of UPEX and it was an OTC um, Bitcoin transaction on top of it as well, which I contacted the team and then I worked out the conversion and I had to send the equivalent amount of fees to the community pool. So that was all taken care of. Um, right. But... Yeah, and just after I did that, that the prices all tanked. Like I could get an S one R now, in even in Apex for a, probably if I wheeled and dealed, maybe one point eight, one point nine mil. Yeah, and I, oh, I yeah. paid way more than that, way more. Yeah, you know, and and it's like you feel like a sucker when things like that happen, right? Like yeah. you're not even just a sucker; you just feel like, you know, um, I mean, like you wasted your your money, and like there, what was the point? Of, of of actually put you know going out and buying that item that asset you know when especially in the hopes of it going up and being able to use it and being able to race you know which you still could right like yep. you have it's not like you don't own the car anymore yeah you know but it's it's also and I, I'm sure it's coming you know <laughs> like everything else but but you right you know you can't just jump into a race and start making upics. No, right. Like, like it, it's got to be organized. You've got to go through the URL, for example, to even be able to race. And you've got to go with their schedule. You can't just jump into a race, yeah. you know, and that's that's what I I guess the Speedway MetaVentures are going to kind of bring that in, you know, to where hopefully you'll be able to just go in and there will be live races and you'll hit, you know, sign up for the race and go and add your epics and and there will be a pool that everybody wins i mean that's what would be nice to see you know but um i mean yeah, you're talking about layer one mechanics where part of my frustration has been 
you know, over the years to see Upland. And now they just come out pretty much and say it like, we're not going to do that in layer one. We're giving, it's over to you to do that in layer two. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. How about some, we get some layer one functionality and utility before we palm all that, all that off. So that's, that's where a lot of my personal frustration has come from. It's, it's all well and good to push things off to layer two, but you need to have a layer one core. Oh Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like, pushing everything off to layer two as well, it, it kind of, I'm like, well, so does that mean you're too spread out with what you're doing that you need to outsource to us, the player, to create your game? Yeah. You know, like, I mean, if you're too spread out, maybe you should look on bringing it in, go back to the basics. I mean, what if instead of we had, you know, all this new stuff, they started working on actually giving building utility, right? Like, uh, you know, the if you own four apartment buildings in whatever city, it, that's a collection or, um, you know, giving some kind of like maybe so people could rent your place for, uh, for treasure hunting. Yeah. Right. Like, it, cause not everybody wants to own properties in every city. I mean, I couldn't build a treasure map in New York, but if there was players there that were willing to rent their properties out to me, I could build a treasure map in New York, right? Like, I mean, doing something like that would would do so much more for the game than just keep moving us down the road, kicking the can, you know, oh, here's another thing that's going to be kind of finished. And maybe three years from now, we'll, we'll, we'll see the full potential of it. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's part of it is my frustration is that, um, it, you're selling these things, but it's not being pushed by the other partner involved. Like if we have a partnership with some new thing, well, I want to see that side heavily promoting it for their community. We want those, we, a lot of these projects have an established community. Like look at the FIFA world cup community. That's billions and billions of people. Oh yeah. Uh, even if we got 0.1% of that to come over, that's going to make a huge difference. So that's, that's part of the frustration. I wonder too, like I've recently I've started to think about things from a more macro perspective, like going back to that Bitcoin chart as well. Like Upland is a tech business that's at the kind of forefront of um, experimental tech. Like you talk about metaverse things to most people on the street or web three and they don't know what the hell you're talking about. So they're yeah. a company that's trying to survive at the bottom of what what is hopefully the bottom of the market as well too. So they got to keep the lights on the on the office. So I get it. They need income. Where's that income going to come from? It's going to come from selling us new shiny stuff. So it's kind of catch twenty two. Like we want Upland to survive. We want Upland to stick around. So you know. Well, right. You know, I mean, but it, it's also you know properties being sold under mint hurts them too. Yeah. Right. Because who's going to buy Upix? When they can go and buy a property under 50% mint yep. and turn around, flip that for double what they put in, you yep. know, like, and if you do buy Upix, you feel burned, you know? Yes. <laughs> well, remember, remember back in the day, I know um, when DJ Short started to have his kind of, as he was going out of the game, he was saying, look, he was putting videos out there. Hey, don't buy Upix from the store buy properties and sell it for buy a property in USD and sell it for USD because you're going to make my way more value. He, he copped a lot of flack from that, but yet that's the established norms. Now, like you said, you'd, you'd have to be, especially if you can do with USD, like, like I mentioned, I don't, I don't mess with it because I, 
because of the other factors. But if you can do with USD, if you can buy a property for 30% or if you can buy a property for, say, 9,000 UPEX and then flip it immediately, uh, sorry, $9, and then flip it for 27,000 UPX, well, you'd be mad not to. It just gives you right. such a massive advantage. Right. You know what I mean? Like, And that's also, I guess, what kind of blows my mind is that our floors are staying where they are. Like yep. this is such an opportunity right now, but that's, that's just markets for you, right? Like nobody buys the bottom. Everybody loves to buy the top and they love to sell the bottom. It's our, it's our human nature. We, you, you know, uh, like I trade Forex a lot uh, as like a hobby. Yep. And so I, uh, I kind of see that a lot. Like the way I trade is I use supply and demand zones. Yep. And so kind of basically is like a, a supply zone would be where, you're at that point where price is just kind of too high. There's yep. there's excess supply needs to hit the market to bring the prices down. You come into a demand zone, kind of the reverse, right? That's where the prices hit the low point when the smart money is going to come into the market, start buying it up and move the market up. We, <laughs> and, we do actually see that in Upland in the floor prices. We, we do see oh, that play out. Yeah, 100%. You know, like, uh, I mean, if you look at Upix land, um, it's basically just an order book, right? Yeah, like that's exactly. 100% what it is, is an order book. And you you can see that wave of where where's kind of that price? Where's your where's your your wall, so to speak, right? Like Detroit, I mean, $3. <laughs> what? Like I, I can't imagine that that floor is going to rise anytime soon. It's it? And it's going to be tough, you know, yeah. to even, you know, because I thought about it. I was like, oh, you know what? This is a great way. The, 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 you know, cause it's what, like 4,500 Upix floor and then a $3 yep. uh, floor. So I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually a great conversion to get your money out, you know? And so I went and I minted a bunch of stuff um, in Detroit and I was kind of like, oh, I'll just sell it <laughs> under mint and it'll be right at three, four dollars. Nothing, nothing, yeah. nothing moved for, for like months, you yep. know? And so it, and it's, part of me wonders like, should Upland have that artificial three dollar floor you know like how low would floor. we be without it how well, low right? do you I reckon mean, we'd be well you you've got properties that minted for like 900 upix in detroit right so yeah. i mean 90 cents a dollar yeah. <clears throat> but but that would make a free market yeah. and you would you would eventually find that point where there were people who were buyers and prices would fluctuate more that or you know nobody would want to buy and it would just become a desolate wasteland yeah you know which which could happen i mean you kind of wonder about that with some of the cities out there i mean like porto for example you know how many people want to buy porto yeah right cleveland bakersfield yeah you name it yeah oh yeah bakersfield especially like yeah. I've been to Bakersfield, man. It's like the armpit of California. Like, and I shouldn't <laughs> say that for anybody out there. If you live in Bakersfield, I don't mean anything bad. <laughs> it's, they it's probably not... know. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's like you have these places and I guess that's kind of where I guess the nodes come in and, and you can create the value. Right. You know, um, I mean, I think Bakersfield probably has some of the more established nodes in the game. Yeah, even Vanola would be a classic one. They've been around for a very long time. Yep. Yep. Right. And so, and, you know, it, and, and they have another one there too, Quailwood, I think. Quailwood. Yeah. Yeah. They're huge. Yep. Right. And so that kind of goes to show players can create the value. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good segue to dive back into the node topic. Um, 
you mentioned uh, when we first kind of started talking about that, the pump and dump aspect. I'm not sure if, you, if you're aware, but there's a funny, funny situation where before, before myself and UDU created the node concept, which as we know, has been bastardized now, it, it was never about one single neighborhood. Um, so before that whole process kicked off, there was neighborhood developments. So the first real major one of those was Alamo Square. That was the first one where players got together and say, hey, we're going to buy up this neighborhood and we're going to do all this stuff in this neighborhood. And Choyner, at the time, he reached out to me and as part of that first wave of getting involved. And I said, oh, I don't want to, I'm not getting involved in this. It sounds like a giant pump and dump. <laughs> that's, that's what I said back in the day. But, because, yeah, it, the talk was, yeah, we're going to buy up these properties, we're going to mint up the floor, sell it out, raise the prices, and then we're going to do this, that, and the other one. I was like, oh, this this just reminds me of crypto pump and dump, so I'm, I'm not touching right. this with a 10-foot pile. So, yeah. And I think we have seen – it's kind of the blessing and the curse. Like, UDU kind of took that concept to the next level with the whole node approach where it was several of those – projects working together that mm-hmm. kind of increase the community um it's very hard it's very hard to to keep um momentum going on a single project uh so you think if you've got more projects working together it makes it a bit easier we have seen that is kind of true but at the end of the day you're still dealing with relationships with people and people ebb and flow with their availability with their interest um even with their fud levels or whatever like that so mm-hmm. um yeah nodes have kind of been a victim of their own success in some ways because I think um a lot of it can be tied to the some of the earlier YouTubers that pushed that were really pushing some of these projects and then they stop putting content out there and they just disappear. Well, what's happening with their projects? Who knows? So I think it's, yeah, it's can be, it can be tricky. Like if you're somebody who FOMO'd into a node project that was being hyped up, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And you've paid, like you said, a hundred, hundred K to get in. And then three, four, six months later, you're looking around in the discord, like, Hey, what's happening here? you're going to start asking questions. So, But again, did those people get in into that for the right reasons? Did they get in based on the whole pump and dump aspect? That, that's where it kind of gets funny. If, if, I think if you're, going to, if you're going to get involved in any sort of node, it should be because you have, you have a relationship with the people you're working with or you're looking to build a relationship with people who have similar interests. Like I think Evergreen Lasher would be a prime example of a project where that's a kind of uh, subgroup of the community that kind of have similar interests and they're, they're kind of mates almost just working together on a project or real node LA who, you know, you've got Elijah Wood who is a visionary with lots of different stuff. So there's that aspect where you can see some actual things happening but if, if it's just a, we're going to buy this and we're going to do this and it becomes that talk is cheap. I always say talk is cheap to stick it out and stick to the plan. It takes a lot of hard work. So, yeah, I think a lot of people have in the past got involved in node projects based on the wrong reasons. It shouldn't be, shouldn't be what can I get out of this? It should be what can I contribute to this to help push it forward? Yeah, kind of like that. the old JFK. What you know? Ask not what you can do for your country, or what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's and that's a great way to to put it. You know, because then it's not about the money. And I think 
in Upland, that's where you have such a fine line because it's an investment and it's a game. Yeah. So you've got people that are here purely as an investment and they don't really, they're not really gamers or anything. You know, I myself am kind of one of those people. Like I've never, I, I'm a lot more on the financial side of things. Like I want to make money. That's why I was playing the game to buy and sell and flip properties and, and to make, you know, money to become a, uh, imaginary real estate tycoon. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of what it was. And I mean, I think for me, one of the big appeals was, you know, like I actually have heard about, I knew about Bitcoin back in 2011. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, uh, well, I don't know what, I don't know how <laughs> I should say, but I used to do some things that weren't exactly legal. I mean, they're legal now, but but anyways, people yes. were offering me Bitcoin for, for things that I was selling. And I was like, get the F out of here. You're crazy. I'm not taking that imaginary money. And Bitcoin was a dollar you know, a piece back then, right? And I could have had thousands of Bitcoin. And I said, no, I don't want any of that. I'll, I'll stick with my green dollars that have lost nothing but value since, you know, 2011. Um, and so I, I basically, you know, um, back then I – that's how when I talk to people, they kind of react about Upland, like, get out of here. That's crazy. Yeah. And so I'm like, OK, you know what? Maybe there is something here that could have crazy value down the road. I mean, if if uh, I was reading an article the other day, I couldn't exactly cite it, but it was saying something like they're they're thinking five trillion dollars could come into the metaverse yep. um, like over the next seven years yeah. or so. You know, and if that happened, imagine where Upland would be. Yeah, and hindsight's a bitch, you know, it's just is what it is. Um, yeah, similar to that, I had somebody reach out, I think it was, might have been last week or the week before, hey, I'm really interested in buying your Wall Street properties. I'm like, okay, they're for sale, go for it. Like, I think I've got them at 95000 USD each. And he's like, well, I'm thinking about offering you $800. I'm like, well, <laughs> mate, even if I was to just... If, if I went full FUD mode, like I, I have gone through cycles, like classic, I had a show where it was all about me whining. I have gone through cycles of not FUD exactly, but yeah, it's kind of fuddy. I, I do go through waves of that. I think it's perfectly natural and human nature, especially when you're at the bottom of market that we're at now. Even if I was to go full rage quit FUD monster mode and like, no, F this, I'm out of here. You're all a bunch of Ds and whatever and just burn all the bridges. The last last two properties that I would ever sell would be those two Wall Street properties because for exactly what you've just said there, I would just let them sit there and let them sit for 10 years. Who knows? You know, they, they cost me nothing at the time to buy them. I think a minute them for a, a hundred hundred k or something like that. They weren't expensive. Oh, I'm so so jealous of that, man. Yeah. You know, you because because back when you were minting New York, wasn't it like it wasn't like the crazy land rush. That, that we started that experiencing was. later, right? Yeah. Or I guess Wall Street would have been because that that was just everybody knows that in the whole world. That that day, that morning, which was a classic get up at God knows what I am for me. That was just right. that was just adrenaline pumping. Just the community was small, but you've got and this was back in the day where you couldn't hide block explorers, I believe. So you just got dozens of block explorers just all heading in the same direction. And, you know, there's a classic, somebody would mint a property and then 30 block explorers would jump to that and then they're sending, trying to get in the right direction again. So, yeah, that 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 was an epic day. But once that initial wave of kind of chaos 
went away. There was months where Manhattan sat unminted, you know, properties right. for 2,000 UPX, 3,000 UPX, you know, 4,000. There was, there was a point there where I spent a couple of million gobbling up the 6,000 floor. Once the mint floor was at 6,000, I spent a couple of million gobbling that up. And I'm thinking, oh, am I doing the right thing here? But, you know, again, it's hindsight. If you knew what you knew, you would have went back and spent 20 million, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was, you know, like, uh, it, and it was kind of crazy because we were at a point like, so you, you've gotten to see Upland from that perspective of, Manhattan sat for months of nobody minting it to the Bronx minted out in less than a week. Yes. Right. And then, and that was the last real city to really be a full release that just minted. Like, Well, that. it was, it was faster than that. Cause that was when cheese was going for the Bronx style as a UDU node. So we were on a call, you know, as a team going for that. And that's that neighborhood sold out in three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it insane. Was, the Bronx oh, was, was one of the craziest releases ever. Yeah. And it was it was fun, you yeah. know, and you were, you know, you like that's one of the things I love about Upland. I think all of us is that city release and that like the butterflies you get in your stomach and trying to get yourself positioned or getting pissed off and throwing your phone because yeah, the yeah, spinny yeah. wheel of death keeps coming up or, yes. you know, like it, it's it's fun. And I feel like that fun, we don't have it as much anymore. You know, like Tokyo was was fun, you know, and, and that minute out pretty quick. So I guess I guess we still do. But I don't feel like we get the monthly releases. And they're the you know, since L.A. kind of hit, I feel like they really they they realize what a supply shock they put on the market. And so it oh, scares that's, them. Now. That screwed the pooch for sure. Yeah, that one that was. And you got to you know, part of me wonders, though, they knew what they were doing, right? Like Dirk's an economist. Like that guy knows supply and demand. And if you look at it, if you look at the charts, like go look at the Bitcoin chart and look at like right when L.A. came out, it's kind of similar. That's when the market started really tanking. And yep. so it's just same thing. Supply came onto the market. You know, and and I mean, here we are almost two years and L.A. still isn't minted out. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I have seen that whole journey through and that that goes from way back when San Francisco, there may have been a thousand properties minted across the whole of San Francisco. Like I remember staying up for hours with pen and paper, manually scrolling and writing down, okay, this property is 1,200, write the address, or this one's 1,100. Oh, here's a 900 Upex property. <laughs> I'll write that one down. Just there was no, there was no, um, you know, tools like we have with UPX World and there was nothing like that at the stage. It was all pen and paper. But you could, Seacliff oh, is a classic example, that collection, um, the especially financial district, like I I thought about financial district for six months maybe. I bought and sold and flipped properties to get enough UPX to buy in the financial district. So you're talking months and months and months you had to formulate your plans to buy into these projects. I think that's, that's something that we're desperately missing. I know it's a supply and demand issue, but I don't like this system where they release a city, a small area within the city, and everybody piles in. It mints out straight away. There's all this collection speculation. Then a week later, they release the collections, and everybody's bemoaning, oh, 
I FOMO'd into this and it's not a collection or EP, I've got a collection. I much preferred the days where we knew what the collections were well in advance of the city release. They had all the neighbourhood lines up there. You could see the properties. You could see the prices. You could get together with your friends. You could make plans. You know, you could have a purpose. I, I wish they'd go back to that system. Again, I, I know it's a supply and demand issue, but I think if we had three or four cities available around the world at any given point in time where you had an opportunity to buy a rare collection, like if you don't mint a rare collection now, you you shit out of luck or ultra rares. Oh, right. ultra, ultra rares is just a complete crapshoot. Right. I mean, it's like an ultra rare, you know, you're, you're talking about the percentage markup. I think that was one of my most like regrettable purchases is my, my Bronx rare or ultra rare collection. Yeah. I bought a Fordham road. I spent about 3 million upics on it, which actually for a, a rare collection isn't bad. And yeah. it's four properties, right? But I make nothing on yeah. that as far as as far as the returns go. Like yeah. I will never ever get that back. And now I'm at such a point to where like I don't think I could get what I paid for that right now. Yeah. You know, and and if I wanted to sell for USD, I'd be lucky to get a thousand bucks yeah. for it. Yeah, right. So, so, so you're right. You know put, what I mean? Put it on the flip side. Like if if there were if there were three or four cities where there was an ultra rare collection sitting there unminted, it the price might be three, four million for it, but the dividends are going to match that mint price. And right. you're going to think, okay, well, okay, you've you've famously got a shit ton of properties in the Bronx. Well, you're going to think, okay, I'm going to sell out of some of these Bronx properties to try and get the funds together to buy that collection. You know, there's there's a carrot there, is kind of my point. That that's what I miss. I miss having goals to aim towards like the financial district or something like that um yeah this whole fomo in at the city release i've just completely burnt out with that i i just I'll, i will always be involved in the city releases i just mint on what what's on my tail if there's a particular property or area i'll see what's available if i miss out meh, i don't care it's you know and i'm i'm pretty much in the same boat now yeah. you know because i mean collections really don't hold that much value anyways anymore and, you know, the sad thing is, is that first city released is or that first portion of the city released is going to be those are going to be the people that lose the most. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're buying free release and you're doing the speculation, you're going to way overpay for things. Right. And then come the third portion of the city that's released, like everybody's burned. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cares anymore. I mean, like prime example, I think like Sao Paulo. You know, that, that one's had a couple of different releases or even um, Rio, you know, like come the third or fourth, whatever it was, release of Rio. I was like, I'm not even going. Yeah. Like, what is the point of this? Yeah. You know, and and so but like you're saying, if they just released everything and yeah, sure, it's it's going to sit for a minute. But whoever buys it is going to be stoked and yeah. it gives them a goal. It gives them something to work towards. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I feel like they've done a lot of things right, but there's a lot of things that they could improve on, um, you know, and moving forward, it would be nice to see full city releases again. You know, I, I mean, if it's, if it's such a problem, why don't you just release smaller cities? I yeah. Mean. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I don't personally. I don't like the vanilla mode aspect. As I said, I, I'd rather know exactly what I was buying to have a plan because I, I think, I think the negatives of people getting burnt out with that. Like, if you are somebody who, and it's an easy trap to fall into, especially with the community hype that builds. Oh, this is going to be a collection for sure, and you think, okay, well, I'm going to spend. It's a three hundred percent markup, but. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a rare collection. Well, if that doesn't become one, you're just like, well, you just get the shits and you, you know, <laughs> yeah, you put it down true. and move on. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was uh that was like the Alameda release for me. I, I, that was like my probably stupidest buys in the whole game. I was going up and down streets and I was like, well, I live in the Bay area. I know for sure this is going to be a collection. <laughs> And it never works like, out well. Oh no, no! I spent like three, four hundred thousand on like you know the, I'm talking like ten x, like twenty k mints, thinking, oh yeah, this is definitely going to be a collection. Turned out to be nothing, right? And that's just now that property I couldn't even get ten percent for it, yeah, or ten yeah. percent of what I paid for it, you know. So <clears throat> it's it's kind of rough. Um, and I this the crazy thing is is now would probably be the best time to get into this game. Yeah. But would you recommend it to any of your friends? Um, from Australia, yeah, I, I would suggest um, to to come in, make sure they use a referral code so you get that extra bonus on your first purchase. I would say, um, you know, there's a classic thing: people come in and then they put a hundred dollars in the game and completely burn out their FSA straight from the get go. Right. So, I'd say put $50 in, buy a mix of, buy a few FSA properties. So maybe spend half of whatever your balance was buying FSAs, but use that other half to try and get out there and get those under mint deals. Um, and then, yeah, just wait and see. Uh, for investment, investment further than that, I'd say, look, if, if you're somebody, if the base game mechanics or the general idea kind of interests you, then I'd say, you know, if you've got $10 spare a week, you know, if that's just your play money and you're going to spend that on a coffee or whatever the hell you're going to spend it on, why not just throw a few dollars here and there at it and, you know, build your little portfolio and just see, because like you said, who knows where this is, this whole system is going to be in 10, 20 years. Um, as far as like how you got in and how I got in as sort of, okay, I can see this is going to go somewhere and I'm going to park these crypto profits here as a kind of almost a safe haven from the market because there is still a potential to earn dividends and this, that, and the other thing. That's a completely different conversation. I'm not sure I'd be, I'd be pushing that agenda. Yeah. 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 I definitely, you know, like I've, I've invited a few friends to, uh, to play the game and pretty much everybody that I've invited, they, they got in and now they're, they're, they're like, Oh, I can't even remember my password. I'm not having logged in and you know, yeah. however long or whatever. Um, and that like, uh, here I am still logging in every day. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I think, I think it's almost, like just takes a certain type of person to like you're saying to get involved and and to like keep your interest in it um like yeah i definitely would not recommend anybody put more than a thousand dollars into upland right now but at the same time you know i almost would say hey man you know if you've if you've got if you had 10 grand to put in right now and you could buy those under mints I mean, yep. you could actually, with those dividends that you're going to get, 
even if you're selling them at 30, 40%, you will eventually get that money back. Yeah, that, you know? that'd be that'd be some interesting maths to do. Like assuming, of course, that 10 grand was play money that you were going right. to, you know, whatever with as well. Like you, you're not investing more than you're willing to you lose, yada, yada, yada. It'd be interesting to do the math on that. Like because there's such a opportunity there with the undermint USD buys and for the same like if you were to mint a property you'd have to mint three properties to get the same dividend rate for one property you're going to buy in USD for 30 percent so you're well ahead of the game there so yeah if you were to say put a thousand or ten thousand as you want and you were to gobble up all of those under mints the dividends you're going to be able to generate there in UPEX and then to, you know, you could buy the floor and then sell it for USD. It'd be interesting to work out, you know, are you printing money at that stage? I wonder how long the, the ROI on that would be. It'd be, be some interesting maths to play around with. I bet you there's a sweet spot there. Probably 10 grand is too much to put in, but it'd be interesting to play with the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, there, the, the, like you're saying, the amount of money that or dividends that you can get back is is really crazy you don't even need collections yeah you know because essentially just buying at that far under mint is a 3x boost right off the bat yeah you know and then put it into your city pro and now you're getting even more yeah <laughs> right so i mean there's you know there's a lot of opportunity in the game and it, it it's just kind of like well where are the people that are gonna take advantage of this opportunity yeah you know and i i think you know, with Upland, I mean, I really don't see them advertising anymore. And I'm wondering, like, why is that? You're going to hype everything up, but you're not going to do any. You stop doing your Brave browser advertising. Why? You stop doing your Facebook advertising. Why? That was a huge, successful campaign that brought people into the game. I mean, are they out of money? Like, you know, that, that I would like, obviously, I don't know. But if I had to guess, I would believe that it's starting to starting to pinch like they like i said they're a they're a tech company at you know the market's not in a good place they got to keep the lights on we have seen um again we have seen some community moderators uh official team members go away you know have they gone of their own accord has it been a you know we're downsizing the team obviously we don't know if i had to guess i i would suggest that is the case um obviously no idea but and that makes sense given the the macroeconomics that are at play. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, because it's it, that's what is going to bring more people in. Period is advertising. You know, um, yeah. I mean, you, you've got to get in front of people. That's my that's what I do for a living is advertising. You yeah. know, it's a uh, I I actually the company I work for is a uh, it's kind of a most people are like when I tell them what I do they're like that's even a job. So nice. we, the company I work for has been around since 1899 wow. and yeah. we, we own all the brochure racks that are in hotels. Cool. And so like, if you go into a hotel and there's like a display that has brochures in there, yep. we pretty much own it. And hmm. we sell those spaces to advertisers <clears throat> for, uh, you know, basically for, you know, quite a bit of money. It's a huge the opportunity to be, the opportunity to be put in front of eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, cause I mean, we're, where all of our spaces are, are in high, you know, high end hotels or even just a motel six or whatever, you know, has got our display in there. And so it's given, it's given people in market direct 
exposure to different things. And it's kind of funny because it is like one of the oldest forms of advertising. So in a big way, the internet has definitely come in and really, really, you know, just shut down. Like people don't do a whole lot of paper advertising anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> but now with QR codes, it's starting to be a way to drive people to your website, mm. you know, and, and get more people in. And so we're kind of seeing more of a, we're, we're starting to come back pretty good. The pandemic shut our, my company down pretty bad just because nobody was advertising or printing anything, you yeah. know, during the pandemic. And so, but, but building back now is, you know, what, and, and basically what I'm saying here is advertising is key. If you need, if you want people to come to your platform, to your business, to anything, you've got to tell them who you are and where to find you. Uh, right. Yeah, I think I, th I think that gets kind of loosely back to my point where it's all well and good for Upland to have these partnership, but it needs to be pushed by the other partner. Um, what do you think about the um, the one that sticks out the most now is the OniForce partnership that's on the way, where we know that that NFT project is going to have its own. They're going to mint their own neighborhood within the Tokyo release somewhere. Have you looked into that at all? What do you think about that deal? You know, I I kind of looked into it a little bit, but it just didn't appeal to me so much. I'm not too into like uh, it's kind of like hentai, isn't it? Is is that what they are? It, or no, nah, it's not hentai per se, but it is kind of adult orientated. But it's more kind of from what I've seen, more sci-fi horrorish rather than you know sexual but, kind of stuff. I mean, so how are they? Well, I guess, yeah, <laughs> and ties like got that yeah. porn hub set back there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, but like, how are they going to utilize Upland? How is Upland going to benefit them is kind of what I wonder from it. Right. Cause they already have their own NFT project and probably don't need Upland. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. That's I mean, what it, happened with Roblox? Or not yeah. Roblox, um, um, Voxel. Well, that that was tied up with Gala, wasn't it? Is that that's okay, the Gala yeah. thing? And there, that's in a whole mess of trouble. That, that whole partnership. So, um, right. I believe so. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, yeah, it's interesting because this is. I think this is the first time or a first example where we have there's an existing community coming into the Upland community. Um, yeah, you're right. Why does why does the Upland community need that community? I think that's fairly obvious. Um, be fresh blood. Um, it'd be pretty unusual for if you were somebody in the OniForce community and you come over and you mint that neighbourhood, it'd be a bit weird if you didn't look around, well, what is this thing that I've just bought? And, oh, yeah, there's these other properties. It'd be weird if there was no bleed over that way. Um, but, yeah, I wonder what's in it for them. Yeah, that's an interesting point. What's in it for them and their community? Right. You know, is it just that cross exposure and hoping that Upland players, you know, get into um, into their, you know, the Omni Force? I mean, it, it's it's kind of strange, you know, because when they announced doing the NFLPA legits, I kind of thought, oh, wow, this is going to be it. Here we go. You know, yeah. Right. Like, especially yeah. being an American and like NFL is huge over here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it, it kind of was in the beginning. A lot of people were buying up the legits and everything. And then there was just it got to a point where it was kind of like, well, well, what am I doing with these things? You know, and then I, I was cracking up because if you look at a lot of the 2020 NFLPA legits, it looks like those guys got a gun to their head 
to take those photos. You know, it was like, you got to do this. We're paying you, MF. You better sit down and hear pose. <laughs> right. Like they didn't seem that excited to be in the in the program. And like yeah. you're saying, if the other side of your partnership isn't acknowledging your partnership, like I could go around. I eat McDonald's all the fucking time, man. I could go around and I could be like, hey, I am McDonald's partner. But yeah. if McDonald's doesn't come out and say, yeah, you know what? We're a proud sponsor of Happy MFR and we love that he eats our chicken nuggets like they're going out of style. Right. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know with Omni One like that. I believe they have their own kind of. Well, they're setting up for their Omniverse, so they're kind of getting into that more metaverse space. So per perhaps that's where the crossover. Perhaps they're going to leverage different portals. You know, the, we've talked about how Upland is in partnership with. Um, is it the Omega Three Alliance with the different sandbox Decentraland where they're trying to create standards? So perhaps it's some. Um, the first building blocks for some future thing where there's going to be a crossover between different metaverses. Perhaps it's a layer two thing. I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. You know, I mean, like look at the whole, um, like the, the portal, the NFT portal, you know, we can actually transfer things back and forth now with can that, we, which is awesome. Well, oh, the, we can at least the Ethereum, so you can, yeah. So with Ethereum, like, I don't think you can bring anything into Upland, but you can take your assets out of Upland and put them on OpenSea. Which is weird because with the Wax portal, you can bring your Wax NFTs in, but you still can't take them out. And that's, this is right. years later, years later. Yeah, I got some of those uh, those Wax NFT uh, Upland collectibles that are that are kind of like, well, what is what am I doing with these? Like, I, could I even sell them? Like, yeah. I don't think I could, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, it's... It's interesting to see what's going to happen. Like, why? Where are we going? Where is Upland going? And that's that's kind of why I feel like if they just were to bring it back, forget about partnerships, forget about you know trying to bring in these other sources from outside and focus on building a good product first. Yeah. <clears throat> then other people would want to just join you. Maybe you'd have people asking you to join, as opposed to going around oh hey you know why don't you come and check out our our metaverse and you can start a neighborhood here and and you know and and you'll be able to take advantage of our community well how many people in the community even you know necessarily want to buy uh, omniforce you know more nfts like if you look at it most people in upland only own nfts in upland yeah yep i would say that's the vast majority yep Right. Yeah. So how again, how do we help these other platforms when you've got a big player base that's only in Upland? And the reason that you have so many people in Upland who only buy in Upland is because it's so easy. You don't even know you're using crypto. Yeah. With a lot of these other platforms, you need to have a MetaMask wallet. You need to be familiar with sending things back and forth. And you can you can screw things up easily if you don't know how to use a MetaMask wallet. You can yeah. send your NFTs to the wrong place. And they're gone forever. Yep. <clears throat> With Upland, it's it's simple. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Like you mentioned um, Porto before too. I think it'd be interesting because we know that that whole FP or FC Porto, they're not going to pursue that singular football club anymore. They've come out and said that. Now, I wonder how much of that was because FC Porto didn't promote it on their end. So their football community was never really interested. So again, it's the 
existing upland community that were buying up these legits and then turning around and say, hey, what are we going to do with these? Um, so they've said no to that system, yet at the moment it, it's full on with this Brazilian stock car thing, which seems like it's the same It's the same thing. It's just got a different coat of paint on it. It's a, You're bringing in, you're trying to get involved a separate third-party community with this community. Um, I went back three or four, uh, no, maybe it wasn't that, two, two weeks ago maybe, I was looking, okay, so what is the Brazilian stock car community saying about Upland? And again, you look on their website, there's nothing on the website. There's... <laughs> If you're in, right. if 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 you're a if you're a young kid or you know you're an 18 20 year old and you got some disposable income and you're all about the stock car Brazilian stock car series I'm sure you'd love to be involved in this but do you even know that it exists there's no right. evidence there's no evidence that that's the case right and so you start feeling like you know what are we just uplands you know like are we milk, milk, exactly milk. you know all of us <laughs> in the community are getting milked and we and we were chasing this carrot that they're bringing in people from outside communities to help build our you know our player base yep. and it just doesn't seem like that like i i feel like if they went back to just stick with advertising to the crypto bros like we are into this shit we love the weird and the the unknown possibility of what could happen with your technology yeah, we're, we're the, they're the crew that's looking forward and willing to take risks on what's to come. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I mean, even, you know, like I would never knock a charity because that's like a real dick thing to do, right? But I mean, we're, we're getting this partnership with Kaboom. Like that only benefits Kaboom. That benefits nobody in Upland. And I mean, like like I said, so I don't sound like too much of a dick. I'm not trying to knock a charity. But how is that? going to help the game yeah i think what sets what sets that that particular charity apart from say all of the unicef ones that we've done for an example there's been a whole bunch of unicef ones um the difference with kaboom is that was if it, i believe that was initiated by dac so that was something that he brought to the table and then the upland community have created the assets so that's a little bit different so it shows you that if you're in the community and it again goes back to what we're saying about don't look at what you can get out of it look what you can contribute so i think it's a great example of look here's three four members from the upland community that had an idea had an, a vision they put in the time they put in the work and this is what can come of it obviously um that's going to look good on their CV, even in an in real life situation. Um, so that may be a little bit different in that respect. But at the end of the day, yeah, if you're just Joe Blow from the community, you're going to buy some map assets. Well, okay, you're going to feel good. Um, is it a tax write-off? It's probably a tax write-off. If anything that's charity related, you can do that. Um, you're helping Kaboom. That's cool. You're going to have a nice playground on your on your property. That's cool. But yeah, how far it extends beyond that, who knows? I, I don't know. Right. Like, it's just more stuff for us to buy. To buy. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and it's all, you know, like I said, I never want to knock a charity. And I actually looked in to Kaboom and they're very legit. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the owner or the creator, I think his name's Daryl Hammond. And that's kind of a cool story. 
of how he kind of grew up like impoverished in a sense and wanted to, you know, turn things around and, and really make sure that kids have a, a place to play. Um, and especially in a lot of these neighborhoods, I mean, like I, I've seen it firsthand in San Francisco where you have drug addicts that take over parks yeah, and, and the kids have nowhere to play. So it's very important, you know, for, for these organizations um, to be able to get the money. And I think that's really awesome. Like what, what Shacklin and Dak have done. I mean, they're completely, they're not making a dime yeah. off of yeah. anything. I think it's kind of greasy that Uplands take it 10% to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's always funny, isn't it? Yeah. That whole and then and, and they're only giving them a two to one, I believe. So like if you're, you know, if you're buying that asset for 10 K Upix, you're really, they're really only getting five bucks. Yeah. To the charity. Which I guess is is with today's market, that's actually not bad. Yeah, um, and when when you and I say it feels like they're milking the existing community, um, to be fair, I'm I'm okay with that because I'm I can take a bigger picture approach and scroll it and say, look, they are a company; they got to keep the lights on. So I will always look to get involved in some aspects, but um, I've really reined that back. And even I don't know if you saw in the the last. Upland Down Under podcast that we did, I, I kind of focused on the whole crate situation and was saying how I'm somebody who spent tens, probably tens of millions of UPEX buying up structure ornaments to decorate Midtown Terrace and the different nodes of projects and that. That was something I invested heavily in, not because there was any kickback for me. It's because you're just looking to decorate the space and make the whole place look better and, you know, that sort of thing. Um but now with this whole crate situation, I'm not going to sit there and move 300 freaking crates one at a time around the place. So I'm just this Halloween period, this Christmas period, I'm just going to be completely checked out. They're going to that they will inevitably we will have sales um, for new Halloween structure ornaments, Christmas ornaments. Whereas previously I would spend millions and millions. I might buy one or two. Right. Yeah, because I mean, like you're saying, I mean, just trying to keep track of everything, move it around. And that's that's another thing that Upland could work on is is just the user experience and, and the interface. I mean, if you have over 500 properties, it becomes oh. really hard to yeah. start. Like, you know exactly what I'm saying. Just yeah. to just to keep track of what you own becomes really difficult. It's <laughs> those core layer one mechanics. Yeah. And yeah. When when you look around and see them pushing all this stuff off to layer two, and you think, well, hang on a minute, let's get our own house in order first. Yeah. All right. Well, right. You know, and then I mean, you look at something like like Upland Kingdoms. I don't know if you've uh, or have been playing at all, or or you know, um, checked it out. Um, but Kingdoms is is a lot of fun, and it's actually really helped the game in a lot of ways, right? But Grom. The guy's got his own job, man. He's got a real job that he has to do, and he can't always be taking care of the game. So, like, right now, for example, Upland Kingdoms is stuck, just stuck, until he's able to come in and, and fix that. Yep. And, you know, I mean, so that's what we get when Upland is kind of forcing Layer 2 to to take over. And and they're not giving him any kind of compensation necessarily, Yeah, you know, to where it's worth his time to you know, to, to stop what he's doing. Cause he, he's got to pay his own bills. Yeah. Game development is, it's incredibly hard. Um, everything, if you think something's going to take 
an hour well it's going to take you 10 hours if you think something's going to cost you a hundred dollars it's going to cost you a thousand dollars it's just one of those things that just eats up money and time and yeah most of the community that's engaged in upland it's at this stage of the game it's more passion projects rather than okay this is my actual job that i'm paying the in real life bills with like so yeah it's it's very tricky and yeah you're dead right if it's all well and good to push it off to layer two but it can't be relied on. No. Yeah. Because people have, you know, you, you've got to just weigh out your options, right? Like, and if your job is more important than keeping a couple thousand people happy playing a game, you're going to pick your job. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, it's, it just seems like, like I'm saying, I think Upland just needs to rein it in, work on some of these core mechanics, get, get kind of back to basics a little bit. Yep. And, you know, give us give us what you promised on everything in these last two years before you start giving us anything else. Yeah, is kind of what I'm thinking, you know. And why yeah, well, can't they do that? I mean, like you said, they got to keep paying the bills. Right. But there's got to be another way to pay the bills. If, <clears throat> you know, like if you if you if, I would think that if they fix the game better to where more people are going to stay and, and retain and put money in, then you're paying your bills. Right. You know? Yeah. It becomes, it's, I, I, it becomes a bicycle model of, of a business. Like I, I went through this when I first moved to Japan, I worked for a, and which was at the time the largest English school company in Japan. And they made their money by, starting a new school and getting new new students in. They didn't necessarily make much money with the existing students, so they had to constantly be pushing and advertising forward. So as long as that bicycle was, you know, turning over, everything was good. But once the pedals stopped turning, it fell over in a month. So, uh -huh. so I wonder yeah. with Upland, like, yeah, we're milking the existing community and many of us are okay with that up to an extent, but it's, it's going to come to a point where we need new blood. We need something else. We can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Something's got to change somewhere. Well, right. You know, I mean, and that, that's just kind of the same with anything. I mean, if Bitcoin didn't have new buyers coming in, yep. the price would not go up. If you just had that same core group uh, from like 20, 2012 or whatever that really started pushing Bitcoin. And that was all that ever got into Bitcoin. We'd still have like a $5 Bitcoin, yeah. right? It has, you have to bring in more people and new people. And I, I guess that's why they want to do these partnerships. But again, it's, it seems counterproductive. It seems like, and a lot of these partnerships wind up pushing more people away than they're bringing in. You know, um, I mean, so it just like I, I really want to see the game succeed. I really do. And I think there's so much potential for Upland in the future uh, and with way more than they're even utilizing right now. Like, why why not make it so that your, you know, your home address can be like your Facebook page and you can post pictures in there and, you know, have, you know, have have your friends come and visit you and you can you know, have a VR headset. I mean, that seems like more doable kind of thing on a layer one. I mean, I, I guess maybe once they get the cafes a little better running, that would be more doable. But, but I don't know. I, I feel like people were putting pictures into these 
street views like way back in the day. You know what the kicker on all of that is? Is we had that system in place. I've, I've said this ad nauseum. So if you're somebody that's listened for a long time, you, you'll know I'm going to say the same thing again. But I'm not a, sure if you're aware, but October 2020. So, yeah, I'm sure it was the first October that I was involved in the game. We, we had a system where um, this was before Spark or anything like that. So you, you could... You could apply to be a part of this Halloween event. And if you were successful, Upland would put a haunted house on your property. Okay. And a whole bunch of players from the community, including myself, we created these little Halloween funny videos. I, I did this video with my kids and my wife. We did this little recording, edited this little two-minute video together. And that was tied to that property. So during the event, you could send to, to my address you could enter into the into the haunted house and it was like you're inside the house. You could press play on the video. You could watch the video. So there was an in-home experience then and there. And we thought, okay, this is, this is going to be the future. We could clearly see like we're going to be able to put our NFTs up on the wall, like come into my house. Once Spark's here, we're going to be able to put up a house, come in my house, you're going to be up be able to see my NFTs, like my wax NFTs, for example, you're going to be able to purchase them, but then nothing. Well, that's insane. And you're talking, yep. that's like when they very first came out. Yep. And I, I, you know, I, that's a great question to maybe ask the, the, you know, Dirk or Don, if you ever uh, run into them again, just what, what happens? Why would Why they, was it never because they obviously already could do it. And, yeah. and like you said, I mean, that, that alone would create so much more demand. If you could be more interactive in the game and, and, you know, I mean, with it being on blockchain too, if you were to turn Upland into kind of like a social media place, yep. I mean, you don't have that aspect of people being able to steal your identity anymore, right? Like yep. on Facebook now, how many people, how many times do you get a oh, friend request from like your old, like it's like six friend requests from John Smith or yep. whatever, right? Yep. <clears throat> like you couldn't do that with blockchain because your home address is only your home address. Yeah. And you, you know, so. It seems that, like I they're just, trying to do that with the cafes, but again, they're pushing that off to layer two or to partnership projects. And we've seen this weekend, they, we, we had, um, what was it? The URL did an event. Cheese did an event. Um, Upex podcast. But that all, all that cafe situation, you're looking up in general on tech bugs. I couldn't get in. I was in for two minutes. I got booted. It was laggy as hell. You know, it's clearly not ready for, it's not ready for 20 people. How's it going to be ready for 200, 2,000, 20,000, 200,000, you know? Right. It's in that's, that's kind of, you know, what's, when I, because I tried to get in the cafes this week, and I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe they're going to be a little bit better." Well, I have an iPhone, so that was just like garbage to start with. It was the iPhone doesn't seem to work with Upland as well as Android does, so I I kind of ended up cycling through, and I finally got into the cafe, and then I moved right up to the screen and I pushed it to start hearing uh, TML talk and booted me right out. That 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 grinds my gears. That does because. Now, I, I didn't try because it, all of those things happen at stupid AM my time, but I, I always try to catch up on the chat in general. And you see X1 and other people, other, um, the official 
team members commenting like, oh, yeah, iPhone's not great. You should try Chrome. Well, hang on a minute. The whole thing, one of Upland's main marketing things is we're mobile first. Right. And iPhone has the biggest share of the mobile market. Well, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. I- it works, but it doesn't work on iPhone. And it kind of works on Android, but your best bet is Google Chrome. Well, right. okay. going on your PC. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they've got a lot to work on, right? And and they're spreading themselves so thin, it seems mm-hmm. like, that, you know, I, I mean, I know a lot of their developers are in the Ukraine. It's kind of like that's got to be tough, but, Absolutely. you know, just coordinating with them yep. and with what they're going through over there. I mean – so it's it's almost like they should i don't know i guess most companies don't ever come out and go hey look we're running out of money we really need some help can you donate something or is there anybody that can help us out there i mean it would be nice if they kind of did something like that as opposed to hey you know what we're gonna just keep bringing in all of these really hypey things that you know you're if you sell them right away you'll make a profit but if you think you're if you want to hold on to these things they're just going to be in the dirt in six months from now yeah, the, the kicker is that I think you, you've mentioned it as well. I think the, the key to all, well, not all of it, of course, but a key to a large amount of that is sitting right in their laps. If if they were to introduce some kind of actual layer one incentive for putting a structure up. So, okay, you're going to get, you're going to get a, I don't know, a 2% boost on your dividends if you put a property up or a 5% boost or whatever it is, some kind of figure. It wouldn't have to be much. And that would just completely reinvigorate the spark market. And, you know, suddenly spark becomes more desirable. So we've seen a classic now. We haven't had a spark month for two months or something. And everyone's saying, well, I'm waiting to level up. Well, it's because there's no demand for spark there pretty much. Like the sales just sit there. Well, if we had some reason to put these properties up, to put these um, structures up, that's going to reinvigorate that market. It's going to reinvigorate the, you know, the um, exchange, the spark exchange and all of that economy side of things. So I think for a lot of these things, the keys, the key to it's all there. It's just, they need to be willing to put the time, effort and energy into actually doing it themselves. You know? Right. You know, and, and so, I, I kind of wonder it like, so I actually went to the Upland headquarters yeah, I was gonna ask you about here that. in the yeah. Bay area. Right. And uh, I went to the address that's on their LinkedIn page and I had met them and Sanford, you know, at the, I've been to Vegas twice, done both Genesis weeks every time. Oh, come and see us, come and see us. So I went there. There was no Upland office. All right. Like that was kind of like made me nervous when, when that happened. Because I, I go, I knock on the door, guy comes and answers, and I was like, hey, is this Upland? He's like, what is Upland? <laughs> like, like a P.O. PO box drop or something, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so, um, and then I met, when I when I ran into him at Genesis Week this year, I was like, hey, look, I went down, and they said, oh, we had just moved, you know, our, our new offices here, if you want to come, you know, um, you know, reach out to us, and we'll, we'll meet sometime. Well, I've reached out to them. And kind of gotten, you know, nothing back in response a whole lot. Maybe I should reach out a lot more. I yeah. don't know. You know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I know they're busy people. Yep. Um, you know, so I mean, but but I also kind of have an idea where I would 
I think it would be kind of fun. Um, like me being in tourist marketing, I feel like I could put Upland in front of a lot of tourists. And Well, especially when you mentioned that um, your the pamphlet business is switching to to be QR code related, well, like that's prime Web three interoperability right there. Well, exactly. And like one thing that I'm thinking is, especially with Upland being so geographically based, I mean, you could you could easily turn it into like a road trip game for families or like a Pokemon Go kind of thing where, OK, you know what, if you go to this place, um, you know, if you stay at this hotel, there's a QR code you scan, you're going to get a bonus or you can say that you checked in here and and tie it more to the real world, which is something that was a big pull for me. was that it was tied to the real world, Yeah. you know, and that it was, you know, properties that, I mean, I go to every, every day. I mean, Yep. if they could, if they took like the Winchester mystery house in San Jose, which is like one of our huge attractions here and you make that, then you could have kind of a partnership, make a partnership with Winchester where it's like, Hey, you know, put us advertise for us and, you know, we'll give your people an incentive for coming to there. You know, like there, there's some logistics I'm trying to work out, but I, I also feel like, like one thing I, I think we could do is you could, you could have like the brochures themselves could turn into NFTs. So somebody pick up a brochure, they go into the location and then they, they would, you know, scan the QR code and then they'd get an NFT and Yeah, it's a, it would be a becomes digital a collectible. POAP. That's a, you know, a proof of attendance. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then for me as a marketer, I get to tell my advertisers, hey, look, here's 100 percent tracking of how successful this program is going to be. Like Yep. not even not even, you know, Google is going to be able to tell you those kind of analytics because it's on a blockchain. You would know 100 percent. Hey, this one brochure brought four people in. Yeah, Right. yeah. You know, like so. So for from a marketing perspective, I think it would be pretty good. Um, and then you could have. all of that kind of tie into Upland to where you could bring them in as legits. <laughs> Those tradables could come into Upland through the portal and you could trade them in Upland and people could, you know, swap them that way. I mean, I'm, I'm like still kind of early stages brainstorming all of this stuff, but I kind of think it would be a great way for Upland to not only market themselves, but reach out to an audience that, you know, could really get into the game. I mean, people that are traveling, From, you know, up and down California, people go from San Francisco to L.A. every single day. It's it's a pretty it's like a six hour drive, hour and a half flight, you know. And so, I mean, just in California alone, you've got a huge market that you could be reaching out to, you know. And, and I mean, something like that, I think, you know, like if they if they start looking at different things that more are tied to the real world and tie upland to the real world in a sense i think you're going to get a lot more people coming to the game Yeah, well, that's, yeah, I think that's a unique perspective and you're looking at it through the lens of your in real life business. Um, there's so much of that that rings true with the where Web3 is headed and we know that data is power, data is money. So, yeah, like you say, imagine a, a company that employs you and you put out a thousand brochures somewhere and you can say, look, we put a thousand brochures in this location Um, 300 of them got scanned with the QR code, okay? But we put it in this other location and only three of them got scanned. 
yeah, that that right. kind of that kind of information's incredibly valuable. And like you said, it's all it's all on blockchain, so it's all it's all there. Right. It's immutable. That's interesting. You know. Yeah. And and I feel like you know this is kind of where NFTs are going. It's, there's going to be so many more things that are NFTs that people don't even realize are yep. NFTs, right? You know, like our driver's license yep. or uh, the deed to your house. Yep. I mean, it, it's it's kind of because it's on a blockchain. It's an immutable transaction that you can you, you nobody can duplicate. You know, and I mean. Voting should be done on the blockchain, for God's sakes. I mean, I'm in America where we don't know if Trump, people still think Trump's storming the the Capitol. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, All right. As we're kind of winding down, I think we've had a good journey of, you know, who you are, the perspectives you come from, where we're kind of at. you have mentioned that you've you've worked your portfolio into a position where you're essentially free to play. So your risk level is pretty much zilch and you're still hanging around. You're still looking to get involved. You're still optimistic for the future. Um, what Looking ahead to the future, what do, you, what do you think are some tangible things they could do or you'd like to see? Uh, maybe even if it was just different partnerships that you would be more interested in yourself. Um you know, I guess it's that classic thing. Where do you think we're going to be in a year, two years, five years? What's your thoughts on any? I of think, that? Um, you know, I just like to see them get back to basics. Like yeah. I've been saying, you know, I, I really would, would like to see Upland work on these core mechanics. One thing I would, I think would be a big game changer would be actually instituting, you know, travel into the game with the cars. I mean, why can't we have a little car that drives across the, the map? Like we have trains, we have planes. Why couldn't you just have a little car at, you know, emblem that was your car that was driving from, you know, Bronx to Manhattan or whatever, right? Like, couldn't they, they can already do that. Why don't we have that with cars? And then on top of that, you know, transportation. So that moving all of these crates that you have actually becomes its own business. You know, utilize the vehicles, give them, I, I want to see cities open up that you can only reach in a vehicle. You know, I think implementing travel um, and and allowing people to actually use their vehicles to travel would really, really be a game changer, you know, more so than than bringing in, you know, more hypey partnerships and, and projects. And, you know, um, I mean, like bringing life into Upland, like, I guess it's a good idea. But at the same time, you know, we don't need it. <laughs> like, it's we're, we're building townhouses that we've built since San Francisco. And now we're building them in Tokyo. It makes no freaking sense. Yeah. Right. Right. Like nothing is geographically organ. Like you, you should have a little, you know, kind of like the Japanese style buildings that they have, you know, because nobody has a townhouse in Japan. Right. Well, that they they can have, but it's not in that style that we're doing. Yeah, it's it's to interject on it just to add some information too. What I personally dislike is everything seems to be chasing the tail. Like we know we're going to get, like you you mentioned, like um, mo- going into a car to go to a city. Well, we know that that's where that what they're going to do because they've got passenger mechanics associated with the cars. Well, how about before we put something out like that? have the system in place, you know? 
the the classic thing is, oh, we're flying the aeroplane as it's being built or we're driving the car as it's being built. Well, can we not do that all the time? (laughs) All right. Like, you know, uh, you know that, like, who was it that that invented flight? The the Wright brothers. Wright brothers. They weren't actually flying the plane while they were building. No, they weren't. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't have to take that approach. You know, they they could they could, like you're saying, get it built right, test it and then introduce it to us. Yeah. Imagine we've got Tokyo City releases coming up in a month. The property lines are up. You can see all the properties. You can see all the prices. You can see what's going to be collections, even if, okay, they want to stick to vanilla, maybe not the collections. And here's the 12 new buildings that you're going to be able to put up in Tokyo when it's released. Imagine what that would do to the spark market and stuff like that, something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or or even have it be like player generated. Like, hey, we're going to be opening up Tokyo. We're going to have contests. You know, player. we want to have player generated properties. Everybody submit your your applications and and your you know your drawings Designs, yeah you know and then i mean and then you've got a lot more engagement with the community you, you've got more than just hype building up for the new releases yep. you know and a lot more people would get involved i feel like <laughs> yep you know so i i think i i honestly think upland's gonna be okay like i i think they're gonna make it but there's also you can never be sure of anything, and in the crypto world, I mean, we we've, we've been around for four years, which is a long time in the crypto world. That's that's like forty years if you think about it, right? Well, you six know, six. We're if you're saying you got in at two thousand seventeen, yeah, six. We're coming up on probably the yeah, it'd be the sixty six seven right. Yeah. Yeah. Almost seven years mm. at this point, actually. Mm. Um, but I'm saying like Upland's, you know, been around for oh, I see what you going mean. Yep. on, you know, like for, you know, over four years now. Yep. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of like it's almost going to be a make or break, I think, because if they don't get it right before we really start taking off on this next bull run that's going to happen, there could be other projects that come out that have kind of already done their research been building this whole time not introducing anything to us yet and are going to be waiting until that moment when the markets start shooting back up and then they're going to have a product that just kind of you know puts up land to shame yeah <laughs> I, th- I think it that kind of comes back to though i think what keeps me positive is that upland has what those projects won't have and that is a well-established um, community but as we have seen, especially this year, we have seen more and more of the long-term OG established, whatever you want to say, community fall off I mean, amongst the FUD where they've got to the point where, okay, enough's enough. I can't keep getting involved in this hype cycle. I'm at mm-hmm. my breaking point. I'm kind of checking out. So that, that's been a little disturbing to, to see. And I know you've... you've um, seen and witnessed and been a part of that whole journey with several people as well oh yeah you know and i mean when you you know when you see that abdullah is not buying things anymore kind of makes you a little nervous right like the guy who's obviously got a never-ending supply of money is losing interest in the game you know like what's that tell you you know kind of i wonder how much of that is being overwhelmed with the mechanics like 
he's got like over a thousand spark or something, but having to assign all of that manually and everything's such a manual laborious process. Like if I want to list a property for sale, you, there's no search function or if I want to add different properties to different collections, especially on mobile, I've got to scroll through, you know, that's, that is the number one reason why I went from dropped from 7,000 properties to, I think I'm down near 4,000 properties this year because it's just, it's just crazy. And I, I don't see that that's going to be changed anytime soon. It's because that core functionality, that core mechanic, we've been requesting, whinging, whining about that. For, like you say, four years. Right. Yeah. And nothing's, nothing's changed there, you know, and they, they keep giving us, more more carrots to chase right you know so i mean if if upland can get all the mechanics right and they can really start working things out i think you know there it's a no-brainer you know five years from now it's going to be one of the one of the best crypto projects out there you know but if if you want to just keep giving us hype i mean you're going to become like a lot of other crypto projects out there that are no longer relevant yeah you know and that a lot of people got burned on and then you're just going to be another one of those, you know, projects that turned more people away from crypto than brought them in. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. Right. You know, yes. but yeah, we're probably, geez, I think we're going on almost over two hours. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I knew we'd have a good chat because, you know, we, and it's become even more clear through this conversation that we share a lot of similarities in, you know, where we've come from, where we're at in the space and kind of, like I said, before we started recording too, I think we both kind of ride that, that FUD wave. We, we yeah. try and, we try and stay on the positive end of it. Um, we're not infallible. We do fall off on occasions, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I think I will try to not, you know, have my bitch fests on a uh, general up <laughs> anymore <laughs> just for the sake of everybody. You know, nobody, nobody likes a Debbie Downer, right? Well, it's, it's that classic thing that we see so many times where um, Uplands, people come out and they say, Uplands a pile of shit. It's going to nothing. Hey, you want to buy my account? <laughs> <laughs> what a way to advertise. Yeah. 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 yeah very true. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, it's been great talking to you. Um, I, I knew we'd have a good chat. Um, is there anything that you're working on as far as community projects or anything you're looking to promote or if people wanted to reach out, how can they best go about it? Uh, you know, you can always reach out to me on Discord. Um, I've got a Block Explorer shop. And, uh, you know, kind of like I said, I am I am kind of working on my own project with, uh, with, with my in real life job and, and trying to, you know, incorporate nfts into the real world where they don't even know they're using them i think that's what is kind of the key moving forward to really get adoption in the real world is get people using crypto and they don't even know they're using it yeah i've, I've been saying the same thing for a very long time and i, I think that's exactly where it's mainstream adoption is going to come from things like the deeds to your house and all of that driver's license it's going to be funny like if you if you're getting divorced well you're going to have to get together with the lawyers and burn the, you know, the marriage certificate NFT. Right. <laughs> uh, that's a pretty good point. I, I like that. I haven't thought of that. Yes. All right. Um, yes. So if you want to reach out, happy is on Twitter as well, I believe. So there's plenty of opportunities that you can get out there. Yeah. Twitter, Discord. All right, mate. Thank you very much for the chat. Stick around. I've got to chat to you once we stop recording, but other than that, thanks everybody. And we'll see you later.
If you have an Upland, NFT or Metaverse product, service or event to promote, or you're just someone engaged in Web3 who'd like to have a chat, send me, Ben68, a DM on Discord or drop a YouTube comment to discuss and secure your spot. This Metatainment production is brought to you today by the Samurai Aquatics and Decor MetaVenture. Scan that QR code or click that link in the description and dive yourself headfirst into the Samurai Aquatics Discord server to pleasure your peepers on our current and future range of outdoor decor.